Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> it's gonna be really emotional. There is no loss for being honest. The real work of life is the work that we do inside ourselves. The responsibility we feel towards the world, like questioning, challenging, say something. Raw and vulnerable and open conversation. That was the best part. I'm scared of the friendship. Taking a breath. Just talk. Shame and guilt. Vulnerabilities. <laughs> that was about to be What does it really mean to be friends? We trust the real work that we do is overcoming our insecurities every day and learning how to love more. It has examples of the change we want to see in the world. Just talk. taking a breath. So if we just take a breath. Well, my face is on fire from the doctors. <laughs> To have healthier relationships with women, they need healthier relationships with other men. The real work of life is the work that we do inside ourselves. So I'm in an open relationship with my husband, and my husband and I sold our house ten months ago. We have twins that are four years old, we travel around the world, and this is my boyfriend. Hi! <laughs> Perfect! Hi. Being able to hold a safe space for our own emotions and for other people's emotions is a really critical skill in these times. In this episode, you'll hear us uh, try to get emotionally current when we start out, which takes us a little bit, uh, but it actually really helps us in talking about how we create a safe space for other people or how we don't when we're not able to sit when others with others' emotions. We hope that you enjoy this episode. Thanks again for joining us. Hi, welcome back to another episode of Emery. Today we're going to be talking about safe spaces. So uh, with that, we realized that we want to do a practice um, to get ourselves emotionally current here so that we can have a really great conversation about safe spaces because there's a lot going on in the world. <laughs> you didn't already know. What's happening? Man? What's happening? I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. Sometimes I just want to block something, it out. Something happened? Oh, yeah. So for me, I feel like I... I can have moments in a day. I feel like my mood is swinging up and down and up and down and up and down on a daily, hourly basis sometimes. Sometimes I can feel totally overwhelmed with the kids and I don't know why. And I, I think that there's something that I'm emotionally processing, but sometimes it's not really clear. So I just want to thank you guys for being present with me like this morning when I just needed to walk outside <laughs> and just kind of shake it off. And... I know that that helped me, but I, I just, I feel feeling a bit out of control right now <laughs> and that I want to, I want to use this time to, to really create these podcasts and to really support more people. I have to keep coming back to myself. Like, oh, I need to, I need to make sure I'm grounded and I'm supported so that I can have my energy go out. So May I challenge that's you? what's happening right now for me. Mm-hmm. May sure. I challenge you? So I heard you say a few things about, um, kind of the reaction the reactions that you're having and what the what could be um like the need that could be not being that could not be uh, fulfilled or being fulfilled but what is the the root emotion it's mm. oh, that one's a really hard one um It's, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like that's the problem is that I'm blocked from that for myself. Maybe. I could just guess, like I feel frustrated or sad or... Well, there's a couple of things that I know that you've been working on, right? One of those is confidence in your 
in your ikigai here, mm-hmm. right? We you're talking to your new friend, right? Mm-hmm. And you've discussed uh, the there is this societal norm to uh, oppress yourself because women aren't supposed to be like powerful and in this, and you can be looked down on. And so you have this this constant oscillation that we see and that you've talked about between I can do this and holy shit, who am I, mm-hmm. right? And then when you get into the holy shit, who am I, the work gets really hard. But when you're in flow, the work becomes like almost channeled out of you, mm-hmm. right? And like these moments of overwhelm with the kids, like one of the things I, I want to challenge you with is that you're like, thank you guys for watching the kids while I go step out. Like you, you don't have to ask. You can be like, Marty, the kids are here and just I'm going outside. You don't have to mm-hmm. ask. I'm parenting with you and kyle has been amazing with the kids Uh his compost projects and he's also been basically (laughs) co-parenting with us right yeah it's flow because i love doing it which gets me excited and the kids love doing it and i love that we're doing it together so that's kind of a yeah so the the big fear that's been coming up for me is that we have we've been granted this beautiful time right now and i say beautiful because that's how this space this time with you two and with the kids feels well and and we're in nature and we're in new zealand and it's it honestly it's fucking beautiful this little bubble that we have and at the same time i know that the rest of the world is not beautiful right now so So i'm feeling a lot of this guilt of how can my life be this beautiful right now when a lot of people are suffering and 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 even dying and i just it's hard it's like this uh uh paradox within me and and the other part is I'm so afraid. My deepest fear is that this beautiful time that we have to work on our ikigai, ikigai, I'm going to squander it. You know, that's my deepest fear is that I won't actually step up in into it. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I'd like, yeah, like to challenge this because here, yes, we are in, and I, and I went through this a little bit yesterday and I'll get emotionally current in a moment, but we are in a beautiful place, negotiated beautifully well, mm-hmm. uh, really safe, uh, with all this opportunity, with a lot of flow and cohesion between the group, with health mm-hmm. and resources. But, you know, this isn't an accident. We got very lucky in many ways, but we have been killing dragons for well over two years now. And we have been slaying these dragons to create the possibility of this. Like, we, if we had not gone on this journey, if we had not challenged ourselves, our beliefs and transformed, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have left Chicago. We mm-hmm. would be in the epicenter. We would have, we would be upside down financially. We would not, you know, even when we left Australia, right? Our intention originally was to go back to Australia after we went to New Zealand, but Australia with the fires made us realize that this isn't where we're going to be right now. And it mm-hmm. drew us here and we went with the flow and we listened to that intuition and we listened to that. Mm-hmm. And the result has been, we've been rewarded for it. So in a way, don't feel guilty about that. And Encour- I want to encourage the audience that if you go to work on your insecurities and the things that you need to work on, things will line up for you. And we're demonstrating that. So no guilt on my end. Mm-hmm. Right? And as far as squandering it goes, you're not in this moment. You're proving that you're not. Mm-hmm. So how do you then convince yourself that being here, being in this moment, you're not squandering it and you don't have to be active every single second. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's making me confront a lot of my current paradigms around doing instead of being and being in flow and unblocking myself. So this is a common... And having satisfaction. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the, the one of the bigger things that I've been thinking about is what does satisfaction feel like and how do you take time for it? Because if you're doing, then you're just doing the next thing. And there's mm-hmm. this, you know, there's this treadmill that never ends. And, and success in doing never ends because then there's just another thing. There's another dollar to be made. There's another thing to do. But being, you can be, I was satisfied when I was being with the kids earlier and, mm-hmm. and enjoying the, the, the composting and, and what I created. Um, and now it's like my little morning routine where I get to feel satisfaction. I did something on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, I get to feel joy. I get to be out in nature. And it's, it's really simple. It's a better orientation. This is the one we've talked about before. You know, if you're motivating, you're doing by having. If you have, do be. If I have this, I will do this, then I will be this. It's backwards. It's the capitalistic model. If I have more, I will be happy. And then I will, you know, I will do all the things I want to do and then I'll be happy. But it's actually really be happy and then do the things happy people do. And then you will have the outcome. Right. It's mm-hmm. be, do, have. So your focus isn't on what do you have to do, but how do you want to be? Mm-hmm. You know, be in flow, be confident in yourself. Be clear that you are not squandering this, right? Don't be guilty. Mm-hmm. Be, be, be satisfied. <laughs> be grateful, right? The, op- the opposite of guilt in a lot of ways is gratitude. Mm-hmm. And maybe when you're feeling guilty, go into a state of gratitude. Yeah, that's good practice. Yeah, I like that. And also, I think we talked about your your light and how you want to restrict your light in the times that you feel good and maybe others don't feel good and others may be struggling when you're thriving. And I think that whole paradigm, too, is something that I feel like you're you're working on and you're breaking through, which is if nobody is thriving, if nobody's shining their light, especially in the hard times, then none of us will will move forward. Mm-hmm. We'll all be stuck together. Mm-hmm. It's like an energetic, I mean, we understand systems and how they shift and there has to be some, mm-hmm. you know, leaders and, and people that, that take that step forward and kind of then everyone else follows and connects and thrives uh, alongside them. Yeah. Those who are demonstrating thriving are the lights that we calibrate our compass to when we're not thriving. Mm-hmm. Got to be the light that people see so that they can tune themselves and know that it exists. Mm -hmm. I think the practice I need to break within myself is breaking myself down to where I see or feel others at because I should be there as well instead of just being or feeling how I, like where I'm at. This is very, I think a lot of people struggle with this, especially Mm -hmm. women. Yeah. You know, in the sense that the society has been like, don't, don't be this way. Mm -hmm. Right now, you know, be great. And be nice and kind to each other and be kind to those who are being great right now. Mm-hmm. And don't be jealous <laughs> right. or notice jealous. I think jealousy, we kind of have all wrong. Jealousy can be viewed as, as actually a really helpful emotion because it points out where you, where you want to be, how someone else is. Yeah, where you feel lack. Yeah, where I feel yeah, lack. And I know I've noticed that, that when I see really powerful women sometimes where I'm like, I get triggered. <laughs> how dare they speak their mind? How dare they say exactly how they feel? How dare they be that big and bright? Uh, but that's, it's kind of what I, Kyle what said I feel. It. 
Yeah. Jealousy is, is when needs are, or wants or desires are not being met. And I think we'll get into that more later and, and what should follow a feeling of jealousy, uh, which is constructive. And we've talked about making requests. And I think that's something that I feel like we're talking more and more to people in our in the Amory community about if they're feeling jealousy, which everybody feels going through this process, um, what is a proactive action that they can take that not only reflects on what is the, the thing that they're not getting, what, what is the need or the want that's not being met, but how can they ask for it? Because if you don't ask for it, you're not going to get it, and no one's going to know that you need it, and that's mm-hmm. kind of the, the basis for communication, healthy communication, and the relationships that we are all building here, and we want more people to build. So I, I relate to that in the sense, too, that a lot of this is when we get into those jealous modes or, or lack modes, we're looking for external validations. And so I, I want to get into external versus internal validations because this is me getting emotionally current. Can I take my turn? Mm, yeah, please. Okay, so my ambition is on and it's in superpower zone. And I have restrained, confined, shut down my ambition, especially when we left Chicago. I, for those who don't know me for a long time, um, have often been the most ambitious motherfucker in the room with, you know, really high, seemingly unattainable goals. Um, And I've built my success uh, in a trail of failure. And I uh, restricted my ambition because it always left me alone. And I've completed a lot of projects, but I've lost a lot of people along the way in friendships and partnerships. And, and so now, uh, like you said, Megan, we have this opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm not squandering it. I am in like flow, flow, flow. I'm producing mm-hmm. daily, uh, building a new platform. And my partner and I are building this platform and it hit me yesterday or the day before yesterday that I'm afraid and I'm afraid of my own ambition and I'm afraid that my ambition will, uh, will frighten others, will push them away, will end up leaving me alone and then the project will never get done or I, I just don't see the joy in doing it alone. And, uh, I started, I, I built, <laughs> building a course about course development very quickly. And I know I like you countered that fear with yeah building a bridge for others. Yeah. Well, I'm working on it, but the, the irony is that I built this and it looks beautiful and I know it looks beautiful on the inside, but then I don't trust that. And I look for external validation. And then when I don't get the external validation quickly, I start shutting down internally. Mm. And my partner and I were talking about how I am not internally validating. I'm not allowing for confidence in my own skill set. I'm not appreciating myself for what I've done or accomplished up to this point to even have the skill to do this. Um, and then I'm, I can look at something, see it that it's beautiful, and then deny myself or start doubting that it's beautiful and then need this external validation. So in a way, like jealousy is the same way. Like I'm lacking internally. I'm lacking internal validation. So I'm putting it on others to validate me and it weakens me, right? And it, it diminishes my light. And so I'm working on 
internal validation. So I went for that walk to the waterfall and I meditated around along the river. I did some of Kyle's breathing techniques, which were awesome. And I, I got myself to a point where I'm like, okay, I'm going to be really happy to myself for the work I've done that has allowed my family to be safe right now. Because had I not taken on those dragons, had I not stopped drinking, had I not lost that weight and gotten into my body, had I not confronted my business, had I not sold my house and got rid of everything when everyone was telling me that I shouldn't do it. When I left the country, when I faced all those demons, when we, you know, went back to Chicago and I faced more demons and I kept going through all this stuff and, and, and I got here, I'm proud of myself. I'm a whole different person and I need to, I need to celebrate those things. Um, and I think that, that personal celebration often comes with a challenge of ego um, and that's yeah, a delicate balance and so mm -hmm. right now I'm really in this inquiry of of in, you know internal validation over external validation how do I look at my work and know it's good mm -hmm. trying to create a safe space internally mm -hmm. for Very myself mm -hmm. which is one of the things yes. that we're talking about today is like how you create a safe <clears throat> space and you know if others are not capable of creating a safe space for you because they're also in trigger which could be the state of a lot of people right now mm -hmm. you might be stuck in a house with people that you didn't expect to be stuck with you might be spending an exorbitant time with your kids and not necessarily know how to parent at home like all day without a school you might be with your partner who you're in a really tense situation and you're maybe in the in a divorce scenario and you're stuck with that person and you have to learn how to relate all over again and it's not necessarily safe externally so I think this practice of internal validation and internal safe space making is part of our conversation today. Mm -hmm. How about you, Kyle? Yeah, I'm feeling there's, there's kind of two emotions tied to two different things that are going on for me. Um, and they're very different and on the different sides of the spectrum. But the first one is sadness. And I think in reflecting on sadness it's sadness is is a an emotion that happens when you lose something and i think i i am going through a grieving process of changing the way that i am with my family and and on top of that there's like this you know macro situation of like we're letting go of a, a former world of the way things the way things were and i think even while i know that things will be better um I'm on the journey between the the way things were and, and the way I hope that they are. And I think there's this moment of doubt, right? Where I'm, I, I hear fearful things and I hear about my family being afraid or scared and I'm not there. And it's, yeah, maybe I doubt, I doubt my decision for a moment of, oh, I want to, I just want to help them. I just want to, to save them. I just want to, I want to be there for them. Um, and I think about, you know, my, my brother is, uh, you know, he lives alone and I, I would be two blocks from him. And I, these things are weighing on me, to be honest. I, I think I haven't talked to my siblings in a week and I can't remember the last time that that's happened. And, you know, I, 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 I told them my decision about a week ago. I let them tell me what they felt that I wasn't going to be there uh, and I don't know how long, um, and I know that there's a lot of uncertainty that they feel, and and they expressed emotion to me. They expressed 
how my decision made them feel, that they were afraid that I'm abandoning them as a brother, as a family member, as someone that they've known and loved forever. And, and, um, and I let them express what they feel and then I wanted to give them time. And now I think I'm going through that, that experience of I miss them, I love them, and I want to talk to them. I, wanna, I want to create what's next for us, which is a, a better and healthy relationship. And I'm, I'm reflecting myself on what do I need you know, sometimes, you know, when I'm back home uh, and I've come home from our trips and my family's talking and I'm just quiet and sometimes I feel like they don't ask me about my life and, you know, my life has changed a lot and I and I understand that they, they may not know what questions to ask and I think I can be better, you know, instead of being a victim, I can be better in how I offer uh, and talk about things and, and build bridges to them and, and also ask them about their life on the level that I want to know about their life, which is emotional um, and which is about their about their passions and their purpose and their spirituality and, you know, bigger questions. I, that's always what I've wanted is I've wanted that. And I think now I'm, I'm ready to ask for it. So uh, talking about the drama, drama triangle that we talked about last time, you're no longer playing the victim. So you need to also demonstrate your thrive, mm. right? And what you're being pulled back into is savior mode. Yeah. Instead of being like coach, right? And, and or to, challenger. Or challenger. And, and I think, you know, if we were in the hero's journey, <laughs> right? Yeah. A part of your identity has died, right? Yeah. And you have shifted. And there's sadness there. Yeah, you have to grieve that. Part of yeah. eight, step eight in the hero's journey is the, is the crisis. Right. And part of the hero dies, right? And then there's this rebirth, but then there's this process of atonement or grieving or forgiveness. And you need to forgive the old version. You need to forgive the new version for taking the leap. You need to forgive your family for how they viewed you. You need to forgive all of these things to move to the point where you can accept the rewards of your transformation. Right. And you sent us a really good podcast with Tim Ferriss and Jack Cornfield. And I want to talk about this for a moment because it's about like personal death. And Jack Cornfield talks about suicide. Now, anybody that's listening, that's experienced this and I've experienced a lot of loss in this way. This is a warning that I, I hope this doesn't trigger you too bad. But this is where I think a lot of people who are suicidal or even take take action on it make the mistake, and Jack Cornfield talked about this, about killing the physical body, when in actuality, part of the spiritual body needs to die. So like that, that calling to suicide is actually a calling to kill off part of you, but we often make the mistake it's physical. Right. An, right. Identity, not, it's identity. it's an identity yeah. that we need to let go of. Something that's causing us that pain is holding on to this identity that we should be, that we should be feel better, that we should be able to handle this, that, that life should be easier, and, in, and it's it's the identity orientation that needs to change. Yeah. And and I think what's happening for you is this identity change. It means one of the identities has died. Right. And I think if you're supporting anybody who's really down and really sad right now, consider the idea of, hey, you know, like this is an opportunity to shift this identity and to let one of these identities die. And that's a healthy experience. Okay, let's talk about that for a second. Um, the breakdown part, because I feel like if we're talking about creating safe spaces, what we have the opportunity to do is create the safe space for breakdown. 
without judgment, without shame, without guilt, without punishment, without even somebody coming in to jump and fix it. No savior. So no savior. Mm. And I, and and I am coaching a lot. mm -hmm. I'm actually just realizing and reflecting. I'm coaching a few people right now. Yeah. Um, so I am in that mode and I'm, I think maybe I'm reflecting on as well, like how much, you know, you have to still balance your energy yeah. of what you're giving. It's easy to get sucked into the drama triangle. Can I, I'll just, <clears throat> yeah. I will become again, emotionally current because I, I feel like I wasn't, I shared in the beginning how I was feeling. And then I felt like both of you guys went into coach mode and I wasn't looking for that. <laughs> Sorry. And I, so, Sorry. but I was, I literally got triggered and I shut down. My experience of myself was, oh, I'm doing it wrong. Oh, there's something that's not right. And which is opposite of the practice, which is what we're really trying to do here, which is get emotionally present and just be present with how we're feeling with no need for anyone to jump in, no need for anyone to fix it, no need to change it, no need for insight. Like there's no need for any of that. And so my experience of me sharing how I was currently feeling and then you guys jumping in with all these ideas and challenging me and asking asking me all these questions, which I realize is it's coming from a really good place, but it I, I just shut myself down. And uh, yeah, and I don't want to do that. <laughs> so I'm calling myself out on this and and I recognize what happened there and it wasn't, you know, the intention was to support me through it, but it's not how I received it. So for a second, I didn't, it, I wasn't safe with me until I just, while you guys were talking, I just created the safe space for me again to be like, I feel how I feel. There's nothing wrong with me. I can, I'm going, if I'm going through a breakdown, which I think I am right now, specifically, like you two are kind of in build up modes and I'm in a breakdown mode. And I'm in a breakdown mode around one of my fears. And one of my fears is, is from the past. It's from how I've known myself to be in the past, which is I have these incredible opportunities and then I feel like I don't speak out or I don't say anything or I just let it gloss over. So this is, it's kind of meta. This me sharing how I feel right now is literally me breaking that pattern of just shutting down when I feel like I've, I've done something wrong or that I'm not being the best version of myself because this is this is my practice is each time hitting the reset button hitting the reset button so that's my practice for creating a safe space for me right now and i think on the other on the other end you know i was really careful um mm-hmm. and i challenged you and i challenged you because i didn't hear an emotion and we're, we're being emotionally present and current with each other and what i heard was side effects or um judgments of your behavior Mm. and my challenge was just to find the emotion which is not easy Mm -hmm. and and i think then after that we may have gotten a bit carried away and and too focused on it and focused on you i think we needed to piss you off (laughs) (laughs) that's usually what happens i get angry and i'm like no (laughs) but i think this this is actually a good example in that i'm not Mm -hmm. triggered by the the possibility that I caused anything for you because I'm safe within myself and I know that you can feel whatever you want to feel mm-hmm. and that's not my responsibility um, and I think if if you make a request which is kind of where we're going which is if if you make a request or or I don't ask for consent or something to that effect and that's violated that's typically where I'll I'll be more mm-hmm. okay I need to change something I need to 
I need to not you, do that. So you did ask me. You said, can I challenge you? And where I maybe, I said yes, but how I was feeling was no, <laughs> I think. Sure. Which was like, oh, good. Well, maybe this will be good for to record in the podcast or or whatnot. But I, I don't know if I fully registered that. It wasn't like, okay, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to engage in this conversation. And I apologize, too, because I bring noise. Unlike Kyle's safe space, you and I have history. And sometimes when you shut down, it triggers me. Mm-hmm. Because I believe in you. I fucking married you. <laughs> right? You were, you were, you know, for years I said I married up. Because in a lot of ways I really did. And you are spectacular. And when you play small, it crushes my soul. Right? And so it's... It's because I want so much from for you, from you for you, right? And I want to see because I know I know lit up fucking on fire Megan. Like people, when you see Megan, Megan's professionally been speaking and a facilitator for like a facilitator for like even Fortune five hundred countries com- companies, and she's spoken in front of Rotary, inter- like national conference in front of the national president, and the president was like, I don't know how to follow that because she crushed it. And I was like twenty two years old. So I've seen you lit the fuck up mm-hmm. and I want that for you. So I apologize because I bring that noise to our interactions and I don't always know how to support you at this point. So this is a benefit of polyamory because mm-hmm. here's Kyle, <laughs> right? And sometimes my and partner, mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes my partner tells me to shut the fuck up for you. Like, you know, and like I, so I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm... For unsolicited advice, but I'm also happy it pissed you off enough. <laughs> to get present. <laughs> to get yeah. Present. <laughs> and it's, it's funny because I don't know if the apology is necessary, but thank you. But I, yeah, it's just practicing really uh, expressing how I currently feel. And sometimes that's really difficult. The confronting question, Kyle, was when you asked me how I feel. And I just felt like in a circle, like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. I don't know how I feel. I don't know how I feel. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's kind yeah. of a scary place to be. I did put you on the spot there. Mm-hmm. And, it's uncertain. Um, uncertain. I'm feeling uncertain, people. <laughs> I'm feeling un- is anyone else feeling uncertain? <laughs> and I was grabbing my computer because I was like, there's eight emotions that we can walk through. Uh-huh. But, uh, and, that, and that's actually been really helpful. And I'm reading a book, and uh, it's called The Secret Language of Feelings. And uh, it's really been helpful for me in, in knowing what I'm feeling. Is it anger, uh, which is coming from fear? Is it frustration, which is a secondary uh, feeling t- typically tied to a primary one? Is it boredom? Is it um, sadness? You know, mm-hmm. I think, and it's many, right? It's so it, much. It's, There's it's, just so we're, much we're right feeling now. All, we're feeling all, this, all <laughs> these things. But if I may, I may I'm going to go on the positive side of the spectrum um, because I wanted to share that I'm also excited because I, I connected to uh, someone new in my life who came in at a very opportune time. And uh, while I won't name her, she is uh, polyamorous and she's out and able to, I think, express herself in a way um, and be, uh, yeah, to live her truth. And yeah, she's ex- she's fully expressed and she's adventurous. And, and I think for me, I'm appreciating how how rare that's been to find, mm-hmm. you know, we've, we've connected with so many people and, uh, and I've connected, you know, and I've dated, uh, 
you know, many people as well. And, and to meet someone that is, is really able to, to live their, their truth and express himself and be authentic. It's really refreshing. Um, and she's we're, a role model expert for you. She, she is. Yeah. And she came in at a, a really opportune time because she's a world traveler. She's into health and wellness. She lives abroad, but she's American. So there's a lot of examples that I think she provided for me as I was going through my own decisions and, and kind of the fork in the road that I talked about last time and making that choice of, of choosing myself and choosing what I can live with and not choosing for others and not choosing from a place of being a victim or a savior. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she helped me work through it, but I'm, you know, I'm really excited to have someone new, that new relationship energy is, mm-hmm. is, is, you know, it's not, uh, it's not underrated. It's, it's, it's a great thing. Um, I love the, the parts of learning someone new of being excited to like hear from them and, and to explore someone and understand just who they are. And, um, and also then there's like all these old patterns that come up for me too, like fears of, Oh, am I going to hurt her? Or, Oh, does someone like the other person more than the other? And am I getting too far in? And all of the old patterns that I think I've worked really, really hard on, but they're still there. And I think um, and that's okay. And I have a, an incredible awareness of them now. And I'm like very much in control of recognizing when they come up and, and knowing that I don't want relationships that are led by fear. And I don't want to live my life that's, um, you know, has, has fear as an undertone. And I don't know where these things are going. And none of us do. And relationships or life or anything. And I want to just, I want to be open-hearted and I want to be honest and, and communicate and build these relationships that I believe in. And wherever they go is where they go. And that's actually what I really deeply in my soul feel is, is the way that this is supposed to go for me or this will go. Is if I naturally open my heart, there's going to be a lot of people that uh, come into it. And there's going to be a lot of learning and there's going to be a lot of, a lot of love. And it doesn't have to be all or nothing and that's one thing i'm thinking a lot more about is it doesn't have to be a full-blown partnership it doesn't have to be a fling it can be really healthy and respectful and and it can flow into where it's supposed to be and it can change over time and Mm -hmm. and all these things are okay as long as you're you're emotionally current and you're in your you communicate and your needs are being met and and understood and seen and i think um yeah so far that's been it's been a really good experience of someone new. So I, I'm grateful. Watching you, you're you're not resisting flow. So you're not resisting change, which facilitates flow, right? And then on the outside, you're demonstrating, and I think to, to our audience in a really good way, that when you go to work on these things, they don't necessarily disappear, but you diffuse their impact, right? You lessen mm. the impact of these experiences you've had from the past because you have practice around it. Like if you... Like when I started working on jealousy before we opened everything up, um, it was really strong when I started. But after like the practice of it, now jealousy is like, ooh, I'm jealous about something. Why? And there's beliefs. Right? <laughs> yeah. There's beliefs that there's beliefs that kind of over overcome what these limiting or these negative emotions are are driving at, which is like, I'm I don't want relationships that have fear, you know, as their foundation or or, or that's not how we relate to each other. That's not, that's not the relationships that I want. And um, yeah, I think there's, there's beliefs now that I know what healthy relationships can look like. And I just didn't know that before. 
Yeah. Well, now that clarity is what diffuses it. Right. It's it lessens the impact because you're like, oh, you can recognize, oh, that's fear. I don't want that, and you can recalibrate and work on it versus just just being affected by fear and not knowing. Right. Right. Which is much more intense. Hey, it's Kyle. I wanted to take 60 seconds to tell you more about Amory's mission. One year ago, we started Amory with the intention to bring more love into the world. And now, with listeners in 47 countries, I think we're doing just that. But we want to do more, and we really appreciate your support in, in getting to that goal that we have, which is really to expand and share and normalize polyamory, but also improve relationships however they are in the world. So we're now in the process of creating a documentary, we're writing books, we're active on Instagram, supporting people, uh, we're creating content on Patreon. There's so many ways that we want to continue to grow and connect with people and build this community. And we'd love your support and for you to be a part of that community. And the best way to do that is to go to patreon.com backslash Emory podcast and support us there at any level that works for you. We really appreciate you. Now back to the episode. Back up, I want to say I'm really grateful that you had a third, an independent third party that doesn't know me and doesn't know your family and was really able to support you through that decision uh, of, you know, whether or not to stay here or go. It was really nice that you, I felt like you had a cohort in that, Mm -hmm. a a good friends to, to really bounce ideas off of. And I, yeah, so for that part, I'm super grateful. I'm also really grateful of the new relationship energy, especially in these times, especially that we are, we are our own little bubble now, and I know that Marty's got his partner um, in South America, and they talk every day, and obviously I get to see you two every day, and I'm really glad that you have someone else that you feel really connected to during these times as an additional um, part of your three-legged stool to support, really to support really good mental health. It's a ten-legged stool. And to, yeah, there's more. Yeah. <laughs> there's more than that. But Polly really. is awesome, by the way. This is the benefit of polyamory. It, so it so <laughs> is. It so is. And I, so what has been occurring for me over the last couple of days is just realizing how healthy our relationships are here and where I get sad. If I project any sadness, it is in... It is, and I hate even saying this, but it is in this idea that there are people that are in dysfunctional relationships where they're being harmed physically, emotionally, mentally, whatever that way, and that it breaks my heart. And I think that if I let myself go there too much, I get a little depressed. So instead of getting depressed, um, the question that I've been asking myself is, what can I do? <laughs> what can I do? But that is a hard question too. And you guys thankfully have called me back out on it's not doing, it's being. Who do you want to be in this world? Who do you want to be? And I want to keep being a person that can be in a role model position by sharing healthy, just our healthy relationship. And that's that's why we record these podcasts. And that's why I think the topic is safe space. Because if we think about everybody right now and what they could use, um, we all could use a safe space right now for ourselves and with other people on and, and feeling like we can have that we can do this we can have good relationships and we can actually have even healthier relationships through this especially safe spaces going inward because a lot of us have to go inward right now we are, are trapped in a way and we need to use our prison in a way that we can create a beautiful thing out of it and i want to one last comment on that is that what we're demonstrating is an empowered relationship structure and and how we relate to each other versus what an abusive situation is which is disempowering and for anybody out there 
who may be the perpetrator of taking power from someone, if you take power from someone, you are not powerful. You are a fucking coward. When you give power to others, it means you have an abundance of power to give away and you are much more powerful. And I think you should be looking to give power to as many people as you can because it comes back to you. But if you're taking power from people, you need to really check that scenario and you need to put yourself in, in, in line and ask yourself who you really want to be. And, and I think when you don't have safe spaces and you're not a safe space for yourself, what happens over time is that you feel emotions like we all do. And an emotion is tied to an unmet need, want, or desire. And if you then try to fulfill that need, and typically what we do is not to satisfy the need, we'll distract ourselves away from that emotion. So then we will further not have that need, that need met, and then we'll get frustrated. And then down the line, this continues over time, that's when depression actually hits. So going into depression <clears throat> is essentially when we're not safe, when we can't express our emotions, we can't access them, we're not getting these needs and wants and desires met. And over time, we'll eventually go into that, that depressed state, which is really a shutdown, because whatever we're doing isn't working. And the body has a magical way of shutting you down because yeah. this isn't working. Or we've given up. Like depression is Eckhart Tolle. Tolle? I don't know. Tolle. I can't read very well. <laughs> uh, talks about depression is regret of the past. So depression is regret. And it's regretting that you haven't done it or you can't do it. And often I think a caveat is that when you try to do it the first time and it doesn't work, people give up. But that's not practice. I think that's the orientation that in the United States, at least, that you should just be done when you start. Like, you should just be good at it. But it's going to take practice, and you're going to be bad at it, and you need to keep doing it in order to get better. So you need to practice continually trying to create a safe space. And that depression is that 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 regret of the past. And anxiety, on the flip side of that, is fear of the future. And often, when we have this state of depression, we place that that we project the future is going to be filled with more of that regret or that lack. And that then builds anxiety. So I think one of the things I would suggest for people is, okay, if you're gonna to go to work on not regretting something, cause you're gonna to go to work on it, let go of the anxiety that you're gonna project this into your future. If you are at work, you will get results and things will change and you can't predict the future. So let go of predicting the future. Yeah, and we've, you know, we've been talking to, as we do, a lot of people that reach out through Instagram. And I think one of the, the most common things that we see is that people do not feel comfortable or safe to, to express their emotions as they are. And why is that? That is because many of us have a negative experience, a trauma from the past of where we've expressed our emotions and they're either, we either get gaslighted where our reality is not acknowledged and, and believed, uh, or we, we get told that this, and this is the more common one. Have you ever experienced this where someone says, oh, you shouldn't feel sad. I didn't mean to make you sad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't shit on me. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. That's, but that's what I was talking about earlier is just yeah. being present with your current, you know, your current reality. Yeah, and that's, and that's the, the safe space is actually when that person acknowledges that you feel sad and instead of, and instead of feeling responsible for your sadness, which is the getting triggered and then mm -hmm. you're not safe, for their for their emotional mm -hmm. the, their emotional vulnerability, 
and then it kind of collapses on itself because you then reject their emotion and be in, in allowing it to come out and, and just exist and, and for them to feel. And then, um, and then they're, you know, it, then they will then shut down as you, as you kind of demonstrated is that then you shut down your emotions cause it's not safe. Uh, and that's kind of where this then becomes a problem because then a doom loop. it's just it's a, doom a spiral. Loop. You don't yeah. express what you're feeling. Yeah. Your needs aren't being met. And then you see all kinds of ways that these, these things come out. Anger, mm-hmm. angry outbursts. You see people use drugs and alcohol yeah. uh, to a severe level. And I think people are, are really masking just their own feelings and making the safe space for feelings is really what we're talking about, mm-hmm. which starts with you being, being, you know, recognizing that whatever anyone's feeling is valid mm-hmm. and you don't have to own what they're feeling because their feeling is a, is a feeling that's going to come and go and it's going to pass. Maybe and it's, just... not, it's not always even rational um, because feelings aren't always, but they're, they are valid mm-hmm. and they should be allowed. And, and someone is then able to work through them. Yeah, it's, it's like being present with someone. You know, being, if you can be present with their sadness, that's amazing um, because it allows for that feeling to come up and out. And uh, Tim Ferriss, I think, had a, somebody on his show that had a great question, which is, what is... I love that Yeah, one. what is it? What is the emotion that you're unwilling to feel? What, what is, is the, the feeling? emotion? Yeah, yeah. what is the feeling that you're unwilling to feel? Because I think that that's what happens is if we're... When we're present with someone that's sad or frustrated or angry, it's like those are all things that if we judge them or if we're not able to be with them in those moments, it's actually our sadness that we're not able to be with. And it's just... It's all of the things as we master those feelings for ourselves, we allow other people to, to express those. I have a question for both of you then, because what if both people are triggered? Because I think about this in the sense that like when someone comes at me and like, you did this, you did that, and it makes me feel this way, it's very persecuting, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it can trigger me, mm-hmm. right? And then neither person's a safe place, neither person's in a safe place. So there's got to be a better way to frame that. Like when this happens, I feel this way. You got to yeah. take responsibility. Yeah. For your own emotions and not say you make me do something exactly but you kind yeah. of saw even me earlier when when megan you know brought up what what we did you know how we reacted how we you know pushed her into a place that she felt uncomfortable but i i, I don't own that and that was kind but of you're me. already in a safe space correct mm-hmm. and correct. you didn't take that as an attack Cor- correct and i didn't take it as i did anything wrong because her feelings are valid and i challenged if I if I had stepped over a boundary, if I had if she had made a request that I didn't honor, then I will I will start to look at my own behavior and, and apologize and shift it. So and, conversely, yeah. I did feel like I made a mistake and I didn't feel attacked. However, I did feel responsible because there is noise between me and Megan that that I can see myself doing this and creating this not safe space for her to fully communicate. And I I, I know that I can get triggered in this area. Mm. What so. if I can I challenge both of you here? Because <laughs> yeah. because sometimes this, this could be real, an, yes. that, that yeah. could be enabling behavior, you know, because you're you're kind of feeling bad about the past. Um, I'm trying not to repeat the past, right? Mm-hmm. And so I don't have always the next what to replace the past with. So sometimes I'm just mm-hmm. paralyzed. Sure. Right. Where it's like, okay, well, in the past, it'd be like, what the fuck, Megan? Why are you? Ah, which is a fight fault, or flight right? response. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which would be the, the fight freeze. response. The right? freeze. Or, yeah. And so the, the flea would be ignoring it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, okay, I'm trying to own it. 
not take action because I don't know what action to take. I don't know necessarily how to be in that scenario. Um, so I'm trying to be neutral. And mm -hmm. I, I think that's like sometimes the best I can do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to be honest, I got to this place through through a very intensive therapy that I did, which I'm open and willing to talk about. And I talked to a number of people in the Amory community about it because it was so powerful for me in recognizing that when my body goes into that triggered state, um, then I, it's impossible for me to be a safe space for anyone because all that's going to come from me is fear, mm -hmm. anger, sadness. It's going to be, it's not that safe, neutral place. And I think that's why I went through this therapy, which was not talk therapy. It, it didn't focus on the thinking brain. If we can simplify our brain down really quickly to the thinking brain and the feeling brain, it more addressed the feeling brain, which is the part that has all of the, the experiences, the traumas, the, uh, the reactions that we have, which happens in a split second before our conscious brain or thinking brain can even form a thought about it. This well, is yeah, the, the reaction that we have. The thinking brain is the last part <clears throat> of the equation. You feel things, you sense, you have so many more senses, right? This, I think, I uh, actually brought up in one of my favorite books, Everything is Fucked by, mm -hmm. by Mark Mason, mm -hmm. Manson, um, who also wrote uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, both great books. Um, <laughs> you would like books with that. I'm not mm -hmm. sponsored by him. Uh, but, but he talks about, look, we have, we have all these other emotional and physical senses that first get experiences and then the thinking brain kind of sorts them out and simplifies them. Right? So all of these other things are valid. And then if I tie that to the, the reading and the experience of PTSD that I've worked on for myself and is one of the penultimate books in the, in the PTSD world is the body keeps score is the body does have all of this memory in it. And these memories and feelings and emotions are all valid and the brain can't always process them. Right. So the thinking brain can't always process them. So I feel like what you're saying is very valid that you do have to go to work on the feeling side and there is a feeling brain. And then the last thing that processes it is the thinking brain. Right. And we right. actually talk about this in your projects. So Kyle's developing. I'm going to plug you for a second. Can I do that? Yeah, you're Permission right. consent. <laughs> uh, Kyle's working on his the healing projects and it's about different modalities of healing. And we've had a lot of really awesome conversations in our long drives about the mind is kind of the culmination of the heart, the spirit, and the body. And the, if you think of it as like an engine, can I say all this? Mm -hmm. yeah. the, the heart is like the, the spark in the engine, and the, the spirit is like the, the air, and the body is like the fuel. And an engine needs spark, air, or fuel. So if an engine's not working, one of those three things is missing. And then what, what that aggregates to is the mind or the belief-creating uh system that then leads to the thoughts and the emotions. So like really what you're working on is digging into those underpinnings, the spirit, the heart, the body, so that the mind can be tuned right. for better beliefs and therefore better thoughts, therefore better emotions. And I think our consciousness, you know, our conscious experience is in our mind or it feels that way. And, but typically one of the breakdowns, one of the problems, as you're saying, occurs somewhere else. And it's, a belief maybe that was created around relationships which is tied to your heart and sometime sometime in your past some past experience where you got hurt and you formed a belief that affects your heart which pulls you into a place where your mind then is in, a, in is in a loop of suffering and and maybe it's it's now you're feeling loneliness because you're protecting yourself and all of these things come out of whack but i think 
breaking it down and, and understanding that this came from your heart, which is inputting one of the yeah one of the engines that that creates the the mind. So would you say an access to a safe place is by discovering whether it's my a body, heart, or spirit, and then going to work on those? Say that again. So okay. like it, we're talking about creating safe spaces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one, I think we really need to talk about creating safe spaces for yourself when no one else can do it for you. When you don't have access to others, it's not safe for others, you're triggering others. So how do you create your own safe space? And so part of it is to then in your work and framework is to address mind or body, spirit and and heart and find an area that you can go to work on to create more safe space for yourself. Right. And I believe that everyone is a safe space in their purest form. And what makes us unsafe is the the traumas and the negative experiences and all of these unprocessed emotions that get kind of lopped on top of our our pure, you know, <laughs> well, I think it was something about like the, uh, kind of like the soft and relaxed baby that we are. And then we, oh, I, I actually just read this quote. It was by, is it Lao, Lao Tzu? Where it's like, we're born uh, like a soft, uh, kind of like a soft baby and then we die like a, a hard uh, as like a hard corpse or something like a that. A hard prick. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> and it's like, why, why do we, yeah, why, why does that happen over time? But um, yeah, I think the, the real point is is more about, yeah, just making making sure that we have a safe space so that, that those things can be explored and emerged. If we're shut down, we're not going to be able to express our emotions we're not going to be able to say what we feel and the authentic self i think is really a pure safe place that we all are and and i want us to have access to and that's more of the work that i'll be yapping about on on this podcast (laughs) and other places as well so for real uh for practical application of this what are some practices that people can do to create a safe space for themselves so let's say they're in a conversation or something's happened they realize, like oh, like I did, oh my God, I'm triggered. I can feel my heart rates up. I've, I'm kind of racing. My thoughts are racing. I, I have a visceral, I guess, <laughs> so I'm answering my question. My process is first realizing that I feel it in my body. Like, wow, I feel triggered, which means, which aka, I'm not in a safe space for myself right now. Well, I think that's, which is funny because we've already talked about it. And one of my practices is the breath work. Because the breath work can literally get you from a, I believe it's parasympathetic response, which is a triggered response into a sympathetic response. I may have turned those around, but basically the breath work can return you from triggered to neutral. Mm -hmm. And so for me, if you can recognize it, that you're in a triggered state, I always implement a breath work technique or hope that others will, which if you want to have it broken down real quick, it's... It's essentially you breathe, you inhale, uh, or you exhale twice as long as you inhale. So let's say you inhale for five seconds and you exhale for 10. And if you do that for like five rounds, um, you will return your nervous system, which is where all the triggering and craziness is happening, to a, a rested they call it the rest and digest state, which is just calm and neutral. And it works. Mm-hmm. And the, the military uses this. Like the the Navy SEALs use like box breathing and things like that because it does change your physiology. It works. We did it before the podcast. We did. We I'm, started. I'm developing these techniques. I do it before my exercises, not that particular one, the different breath. And yeah. it's like oxygenates mm-hmm. me and I'm doing better. What are some other practices? 
meditation, uh, even if you're bad at it, practice it. I've been using Headspace again. Really like that app. Also not sponsored by them. Although if you guys want to sponsor us, <laughs> we're open. Yeah. yeah, I love getting into my body. So whether or not it's stretching or moving it, going for a walk. Um, we're fortunate here. Everybody can. I know. Well, not everybody can go for a walk, but every you know everybody could stretch or you know some you could get up your heart rate a little bit. But and Megan, you're actually your better. I think you're better at creating safe spaces than you than you probably think. And and I was just remembering the time at my sister's apartment where, you know, I, I would say you created a safe space for us all to talk about um, my, our, our childhood nanny who passed away mm-hmm. a year ago and kind of expressing those emotions. And that was a safe space. And, and you know, maybe you can reflect on, on how you created that because I, I felt like you really drove that that night. For, for myself and my siblings and just creating that safe space because it was for you did create it for others mm-hmm. so yeah I have a, a really funny relationship to creating safe spaces I noticed that I was doing it for a while and a lot of my previous jobs and but I think I was so focused on creating that outward safe space because I didn't know how to do that for myself inward so what I realized for creating a safe space outward is just a, a a focus on non-judgment. I, for me, I desire to to hear how people are feeling. Uh, I really do, and that's I always want a deeper kind of the deeper conversation, which is why we always end up I think getting into really deep conversations. And I think ultimately one of my big beliefs, and I'm just didn't realize it consciously until now, is that I respect the breakdown. I full on respect a breakdown, and I I've seen seen both of you go through it. I've seen Marty, you know, over the last 20 years, you've gone through more. And I think that there's, yeah, (laughs) seven million breakdowns. No, but I've seen where I haven't been a safe space for you. So if we're apologizing right now, um, Kyle, you talked about one of the things that's not safe is gaslighting. And that's when you're not validating the other person's experience. And there was a major time, major time when I did that to you, where I just wasn't acknowledging how, how you were feeling. So for that, I... I apologize, Marty, that I can't imagine how much that hurt you during that time where I didn't create a safe space for you. I never expected that. Um, Thank you. Yeah. uh, Oh. Yeah, that experience sucked. Yeah. Yeah. And... uh, feel like that's been like gaslighting is something that a lot of people have taken away from me my my sanity like uh you know my partner was saying to me she's like there's a reason you don't trust who you are is because throughout a lot of your childhood you were told you were a fuck up like Mm -hmm. I was I was told I was a fuck up I was told I was a piece of shit I was told I caused my parents divorce I was told all of these things um constantly so you didn't you weren't able to trust your own reality I still don't Mm -hmm trust my own reality yeah. and I now live as such an outlier uh, which is for the external validation right actually mm-hmm. not yeah it's not even what I typically would see because my reality isn't most people's reality I'm mm-hmm. I'm way the fuck out there I'm mm-hmm. polyamorous entrepreneur works online fucking lives in as a minimalist <laughs> around the world like I I say what I mean all the time like mm-hmm. I live in my who I am I don't have two personas I I I trust your reality more than anyone. Well, but then I look in my reality and so many people are like counter to it. Or like, like you said, that gaslighting experience was like, 
everybody was telling me how I was feeling. Mm -hmm. Which is really, it's really frustrating. Yeah, it's, well, I mean, shit, we just had kids, just mm -hmm. lost a major client. I That was 80% of my income. I just went into a superpower mode, working 80 hours a week on three of my websites, building like 800 new pieces of content. And I hit financial, physical, mental, spiritual exhaustion. Everybody's like, nothing's happening. And I was like, fuck you you literally worked me into a corner and i snapped i was like i was so out of it i had to go like mm -hmm. i went to go visit your brother in key west and like mm -hmm. i just yeah i'm glad you did i'm glad you took care of yourself during that time and i'm i really am sorry i didn't i didn't respect your breakdown because at that point i didn't respect my own you weren't allowing i didn't it. see i wasn't allowing it i wasn't allowing my own breakdown i didn't see value in breakdown i thought anybody that was breaking down was weak if you don't break down still, you don't break through and that's you actually an example of judgment yeah it's right? total ex example like of judgment. judgment of yourself yeah. which then becomes which then i projected else. on everybody else as yeah. anybody that was breaking down i was i just thought that they were weak i thought being stoic was the ultimate and that's why a safe space environment is so powerful is because if everyone's allowed to break down, if everyone's allowed to emote, then there's, then there's no problems. It's not yeah. like I can't do it and you can. Yeah. It's, there's well, none of that. Let's talk about some of the benefits of this as we recap this stuff. Mm -hmm. For one, polyamory and allowing for intimate relationships with others for Kyle has resulted in more safe spaces. Mm -hmm. because of this other person you've connected with mm -hmm. and because you allow for that and there's no breakdown mm -hmm. in that 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 we have more support yeah right and there's then no shame or guilt or right it's an incredible mm -hmm. experience you need to not persecute people who are in breakdown yeah and you actually not be persecute with, yourself yeah. <laughs> yep. be with them you know be with ourself and breakdown respect it see it as a really crucial part of the breakthrough uh, you can't have the breakthrough without the breakdown and it's letting go back to your point about suicide marty is that if we respected the breakdown more, we could actually allow for more of the mental and emotional breakdown without having the physical body breakdown. Yeah, well, if we allowed people to shed identities, mm -hmm. we're in communities that hold on to these homogeneous identities so much that when you have someone that's outside of that, that then feels fucking broken because they're not allowed to be who they really are, they can't shed that old fucking identity, then they shed the fucking physical identity. Mm. Yeah. And here's one thing I, I see a lot in our community as well is, I'll talk to someone uh, and, and they will say, my partner it doesn't show emotions or doesn't have, I mean, I've heard all kinds of things. My partner is not emotional, which is something I don't believe. I don't believe humans are not emotional. Well, and sociopath. That's, yeah, there is that, there's that <laughs> asterisk, asterisk there. Uh, but I hear people say that all the time is that my partner is is not emotional. And, and what further usually happens mm -hmm. in talking to them is that they are actually also shut down mm -hmm. right and it's typically as you both experienced it's hard for one partner to be shut down and, and not for both to be shut down because you're inter i mean especially mm -hmm. if it's a monogamous relationship you're you're linked together you're supporting each other and, and if binary. you're not mm -hmm. it's binary so you depend on each other and then you're both going to be in the same space so how how would you recommend for people that have come to that awareness oh no i'm shut down my partner's shut down how would you well this has happened for friends of ours who are in another country going through the drama of the financial part of this and not knowing the future and not knowing more than 45 to 60 days out and he's on a high he's like let's do this let's change the world and she's like i need a plan they're just two different people and he's like let's pay nothing and she's like holy shit we can't do that we have kids in schools and we have to do all this other stuff and so 
you know, my recommendation is they can't work with each other. You need a third party. So luckily we have a tree in there and they have a third party that they can, she can make a plan with and I can be his source of expressing his future stuff. So like we can offload those responsibilities from Mm -hmm. each other, which requires even in a monogamous relationship, it requires trust to let someone else help because you can't be everything for the other person. Exactly. It takes and that's a the interesting thing too, because when I came into this whole this whole thing um, <laughs> with you know with Megan, I I will never forget how safe it felt, and and I think you highlighted it really well, Megan. I mean, seeing you break down was triggering for me early on because I had never like experienced someone breaking down like that so openly and honestly. It just didn't, I didn't grow up with it. I didn't, I didn't, wasn't in my friend groups for, for the longest time. And I think you, like, I, I, I obviously, after getting over that, that trigger of like, oh, I've never seen that. I, I'm not allowed to do that. What is this? And then being able to know that that safe space was, was valuable. I mean, how did you both create that? Cause I think what you're, what you both were saying is that you didn't have it when it was just you two. And as you opened up, the marriage there, but I saw a safe space as soon as I came in and vulnerability. You that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Being vulnerable. That was a big part of it. The process of even opening up our marriage before we even knew we were opening it up was me being super vulnerable with my breakdowns too. So that then primed her to be, mm-hmm. be open. And then we started to communicate where, where we're lacking and what we need to work on. And then it created this space that we could do more with because we allowed for intimate relationships with others, even if they're not romantic, you know, like I think Dr. Phil has a whole episode on like work wives and work husbands, which are like really bad and blah, 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 blah. But in reality, like we need that. Mm-hmm. Like Megan doesn't like to do any of the digital shit I do, but my partner and I dovetail really well. So like, it's a really powerful experience mm-hmm. for me to have that work partner that has that intimacy in it. And so I think it's really about, when we finally stopped trying to be everything, everything for, for each, each other. other. Yeah, mm. I would say the same thing. Yeah. Now, just the benefit of being polyamorous. And then I think, well, and just because we have to keep our physical distance from people doesn't mean we have to keep our emotional distance. And I think this could be one of the best times in the whole world's history that people actually have the time and ability to call and connect with other people, you know, to be supported, to be vulnerable, to we're all in this together. You know, there's no better time. No, level up our relationships. Emotional intelligence. It's time to level up. And you know, it's it's time to share what we're feeling and and not, not say I'm fine, not say, oh, good. Or, you know, all that that stuff that I think we've all been pre-programmed to just respond with, with that. This is not a time to, to be on the surface. Now we're getting close to the end here. And I want to make sure that we do a couple things. One, emerypodcast.com is live. I built it. Thank you, Marty. Yeah, yeah. I built it. Uh, please be gentle with your <laughs> criticism. Um, but there are forms on there for telling us your story, for mm-hmm. applying to be on the podcast because we'll eventually have some guests, which we are recorded mm-hmm. one. Um, and there's a contact form also to ask us questions as well as find us on Instagram at Amory Podcast and ask us questions there because that helps us fuel future conversations and things that are going on. And I want to say shout out to all of you out there whose drug dealer is in lockdown. <laughs> because I am more sober than I've ever been in my life because I don't drink. <laughs> We're in a pretty straight-laced country. 
And uh, yeah, I don't think a drug dealer is an essential service in a lockdown. <laughs> Although I've read in the United States, dispensaries are an essential service. So fucking rock on there, guys. Smoke one for me. And I miss Indian restaurant food. So mm-hmm. there's that. But Megan, I was going to ask you for real yeah. about your vision for the, the Amory community and sharing their stories. Mm, yeah. So the reason that we put a survey on, on our website and the reason that we'll be having more people on these podcasts to interview is to really show all the different forms of love and relationship structures that are out there to demonstrate, to demonstrate, to normalize, to share your stories. You guys, you have beautiful stories and you have beautiful things that you've learned. And we learn from and you. We oh, we learn a shit ton. So much. Really. So, so, so much. And you give us fuel. So if you would be so kind as to share your story and if you've got an extra minute, you know, or five, <laughs> your story could go a long way, not only for keeping this, our fuel for this podcast going, but also sharing and being an example for someone else that may be in your position, that may be uh, that may resonate really strongly with your story. So I imagine um, sharing your stories if you'll give us permission, so that other people can see themselves and they can grow through your through your example of your own transformation. And share our podcast. And yeah, if you're one of those people do. afraid of being found out right now, now's the fucking time, right? <laughs> like, you know, like you're not maybe working, jobs in question, finances or whatever, family's stuck, they can't come to your house and fuck with you. So like now is the time to be like, check out this awesome podcast. You know, by the way, I'm polyamorous. Fuck off. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys. And thank you really for this. This was a really good, really helpful, really, for me personally, helpful conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel more grounded. Thanks yeah. for leading this, Kyle, because you're really leading yeah. this conversation for us. Oh, right now. I just got goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> you're cute. You're welcome, guys. It's my honor. Mm, I love you. Awesome. Ciao. We love you guys. Love Bye. you all. Bye bye. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Amory. This one in particular about safe space is really near and dear to my heart. Um, it's a concept that took me a long time to understand and even a longer time to embody. And it's one that I think the world, more people could use a little bit of support with. We all want a safer space for ourselves. We all want to be a safe space for others. And we all want other people to be a safe space for us. And in this time right now, this crazy, crazy time when we are kind of shut in our homes and our relationships are magnified, this is definitely the time to do it. So if you found something helpful in this episode, if this one resonated with you, I would just ask that you take a moment and share this with just one person in your life um, to say that you want to create a safe space for them and vice versa. Um, I think that with a little effort, we can level up all of our relationships. And for me, in my world, that that changes the world. So I just want to thank you for passing this along. Um, We really want to support more people in creating healthy, loving relationships. And as you heard in the episode, um, I have not always been a safe place for Marty, and he has not always been a safe place for me, but we've shifted and grown our relationship to create a much healthier safe space for each other. Um, not to mention a safe space for Kyle and vice versa. So I do know that relationships can evolve, relationships can shift and change, but we all need a little support. So thanks for helping getting the word out in these in these really, really interesting times. Sending love to you all. Bye. You can find our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Amory Podcast. A link is in the show notes. Thanks again.